bags are packed, are you ready to go? This time tomorrow we'll be on the road Riding with you in the sunnier days I wouldn't want it any other way Hello and welcome to episode 154 of the Corinne Ninja podcast. I'm your host, Corinne Nidja, and welcome back. This podcast has been on holidays for two and a bit weeks. The world still feels as bananas, maybe a bit worse with the bushfires in the United States and all of the unrest everywhere, the divisiveness everywhere. There feels like a lot going on, and I say to my husband every morning when I wake up as how are things in the world? Is everything fixed? And he always just rolls over and says, yeah, everything's all fixed. And I don't know why that makes me feel better, Uh, but it does. And yeah, so I don't know where you are in the world, but it's a, it's just 2020. This has just been a really hard time and you are well within your rights to feel like you're upside down and with your head just spinning because I think that's just the state of this period in time, unfortunately. Now, this podcast is a hope podcast, so I don't like to dwell too much on the (sighs) that is 2020, but I do want to say if you need support, please reach out to people, please reach out to your your healthcare team, please reach out to your family and friends. Please reach out to Lifeline if you need support with Lifeline. Please don't be alone in this time if you need support or you feel hopeless. Please message me. Please reach out. You know, I don't know what I can do where you are, but I'm happy to be an ear. Always take care of yourselves. Now, okay, I've been busy the last two weeks, three weeks, last three weeks in a very long days, like 14 hour days, learning and focusing on becoming qualified as a hypnotherapist, upskilling in my, in my coaching. Now I did my health coaching course through the Institute of Integrative Nutrition several years ago now. And I loved that training. And then I've upskilled with plant-based nutrition certificate with eCornell. And I've been doing bits and pieces of courses and programs for a while and I'm also uh, qualified in social work. So I've been working on how to support people for a very long time and wanting the best tools and the tools that I thought could make the most change. And over the years, I've really found benefit from working with coaches that were trained in NLP and also with hypnotherapists. So that's why when my, my practice kind of shut down earlier in the year due to lockdown and covid and then, you know, teaching went away as well. I was like, you know what, maybe this time is for me to to learn those two modalities and add them to my toolkit because I would love to get the results that I've experienced from my own clients and I want those those same tools to offer. So that's what I've been doing and I've loved I've loved it. it the, those tools for me helped me overcome my phobia of blood tests. They helped me improve my mindset around weight loss. They helped me to with my anxiety. They've helped me with so many different areas of my life, with sadness, with dealing with the grief of the, my brother dying. Those two modalities have really, really helped me in so many ways with my mental health, with negative emotions. So I love them and that's why I went and trained in them in the last few weeks and I'm going on to do a diploma over the next 12 months. So I'm really, really, really passionate and excited about them and even more so after spending the last three weeks immersed in those two areas. And I can't wait to add them into my life and in with my coaching clients more and I've begun that in the last couple of days since my training ended and I'm just finding it really, really, really beautiful and so uplifting and positive so far. So I can't wait to continue using them. Now, one of the things I wanted to mention here before before it starts to sound like an ad for my coaching, I just want to say that I've been not making ads for my coaching in this podcast because I felt bad about it and I felt like it was icky and weird and awful. But I just have to admit that I cannot 
keep running this podcast without promoting my services. I am a coach, I am a hypnotherapist, and I do offer Reiki, energy healing. All can be done online, and I'm going to have to start saying that in my intros a bit more because I just cannot continue this podcast for free endlessly. So if you don't like ads, just skip to the very end, but I will be doing that more often. If you would like support with pretty much anything, anxiety, excess weight, negative emotions, feeling unmotivated, or just wanting a reset, give me a message. It's just free to the first call. We'll have a chat and we'll just see what we can do together. Otherwise, I'm excited for you to hear this week's episode. It is with Otis Price, who has reversed his liver cirrhosis. Liver cirrhosis is something that's quite a devastating diagnosis, and I look forward for you to hear how Otis is managing with his liver cirrhosis and the help of a whole food plant-based diet. So enjoy Otis, and I love you, and I'm so glad to be back in your ears, and thank you for your patience and understanding throughout this little break that I've had. And I hope to hear from some of you to come and have some coaching. All right. Mwah. Bye. Hi, Otis, and welcome to the show. Hello, and thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. As I said before we started recording, I'm really excited to share your story because I do think this is an area that most people really believe is that there is no hope in this in, in relation to this disease. And I'm really excited for you to share your experience to offer a little bit of hope to those out there who have family members or they're experiencing it themselves on the possibilities of healing in right with this right. condition. Getting your life back. Yeah. So start at the start, Otis, and tell us your story. Okay, about a year and a half ago, um, I was diagnosed with cirrhosis of the liver and esophageal varices, which are veins in the esophagus that, um, like varicose veins in the esophagus. And so those can be deadly. They, they bulge out and if they burst, uh, they can be deadly. When I was first diagnosed with, with uh, cirrhosis, the doctor basically said, well, there's nothing we can do. You know, the best case is you can delay the, the progression of the disease long enough that you don't need a, a transplant. But there is a chance you'll need a transplant. But you just need to start slowing your life down, taking things easy, and there's really nothing we can do. You know, and I said, no, that's, I, I'm not going to buy that. I don't believe that for one, one second. But uh, I started looking online for, for answers. And there's a lot of junk online, you know, that for everything you look at. Yeah, absolutely. After about a month, I found a guy in New Zealand who had taken his cirrhosis from stage four down to stage two. And it gave me hope. And, and then I found a guy in England who had taken his cirrhosis down a few notches. And then I found some people in the United States who had uh, reversed their cirrhosis. And I started looking, and all of them had the same doctor. And this doctor's only three hours from me. And so I was so excited, and I called him. I said, the guy has a book. And uh, the name of the book is The Alpha Lipoic Acid Breakthrough. And it's Dr. Burton Berkson. And so 30 years ago, he was pioneering the cure for cirrhosis. And the book is amazing and tells what he did in the, the hospitals he worked in and how he arrived at this, this cure. Um, and so I called him and said, can you get me in? They, they said, send all of the medical information and, and we'll look at it. And they said, they called back a few weeks later, a couple weeks later, said, yeah, I think we can help you. Come on down. Over the course of the next nine, 10 months, Things kept getting better and better and better and better. And at the end, they said, okay, your, your cirrhosis is reversed. They did a fibroscan test to check on the scarring to make sure the scarring was gone. They did um, ultrasound. How did the fibroscan, what were the results of the fibroscan? It said minimal, absent to minimal scarring. Wow, that is incredible. Yeah. This is interesting, Otis, because literally now we're not recording in time, you're a bit ahead, slightly ahead, but I'd never, ever, I've never had a person on the show with cirrhosis of the liver before, I don't think, from memory. But interesting, but episode 151, which is three before you, he had significant 
liver scarring, and he registered 75 on that test, and now he's at 39. So I'm certain that he will be thrilled to hear your story today, going from potentially needing a liver transplant down to absent or what did you say? It's absent to minimal scarring is what the test came back. Wow. And so there, there wasn't they, this test they, they gave me didn't have a number uh, related to it, but there were four different categories. And this, so I was in like the third or fourth category. Now it's down in the first category. So it came down that far. Awesome. That's fabulous. Here, here's what kind of blew me away. It was kind of a redeeming factor in all of this. So I was living in another town in Southern New Mexico and I moved to Albuquerque and had to get another doctor, of course. And when I went to see her, she said, well, absolutely. Cirrhosis is not curable. It's, it's just not, you know, we've been, we know that it's not. And then after she saw me go through this, I told her, I'm taking these treatments in Southern New Mexico, these alpha lipoic acid IVs, and um, it's reversing my cirrhosis. No, it can't happen. It can't happen. After nine or 10 months, she came in, I had an appointment with her and she came in and said, well, now we know that cirrhosis is reversible. It's it's like she had she was telling me, and I was the one that been telling her, you know. So now she knows that cirrhosis is reversible. But the the key is getting the book and you know looking at how the doctor arrived at at this uh, treatment. What was his name again? Because I missed it when you were talking. Yeah, Doctor Burton, Burton Berkson, B E R K S O N. B E-R-K-S-O-N. Right. And the book's on Amazon, and it's the Alpha alpha Lipoic Acid Breakthrough. Acid Breakthrough. And so I would go to his, his office once a month, sometimes twice a month, and stay for two or three days and take IVs in the morning and the afternoon. And then he also put me on a, a you can buy alpha lipoic acid over the counter here. I don't know about there. But it's in the health food stores. I have no idea. And so I take it twice a day, you know, pill form as well. But there's other things that go with it. It's not just that. You, you have to add other supplements to it. And, and the doctor will take a look at your blood work and determine exactly what you need. So I don't want anybody to think they can just go down and buy the stuff and cure themselves. They need to be dealing with somebody that knows how to, uh, to uh, prescribe everything they need. Yeah. So what... What else did you do? Because obviously this is a whole food, plant-based podcast. Right. What else did you right. do? Because when you got that news, I'm sure that you realize that there's the whole lifestyle factor that impacts on our overall health and well-being and our the prevention of chronic disease or the reversal of chronic disease. So what did you do specifically? Absolutely. So as soon as I received the diagnosis, I stopped drinking. I mean, that's a given gift. You continue drinking, it's not going to have any effect. But I had been studying and working with people the two years prior on trying to switch my diet over to whole food plant-based because I, after all the years of looking at it, that is what I knew to be the healthiest diet for health. And so when I received the diagnosis, that was the motivation to just go ahead and, and go all in mm-hmm. and say, okay, this, this is what I'm going to start doing this. And also that doctor, my first doctor, told me, that a damaged liver cannot process meat and fat very well. Well, that's perfect for a whole, whole food plant-based. Yeah. So she was saying fruits and vegetables. And if you look at it online, you start looking up cirrhosis online, almost all of the information says increase your fruits and vegetables. And so uh, I, I went whole food plant-based overnight. And then when that happened, all of the, the inflammation went away. My arthritis went away. My blood pressure dropped down to 112 over 65. My fasting glucose dropped down to 94. All of my markers, all of my inflammation markers, my cancer markers, everything went back to normal. My cholesterol dropped to 159. So everything changed by changing my diet. And I know that had to have an effect to be able to help these antioxidants to work as well. You know, it had to create the, the platform for all of these to be able to work. When you get rid of inflammation, your body can do a lot of great things. Yeah, I was wondering how your doctor, if he's ever treated someone who was simultaneously went whole food plant based at the same time, or if he hadn't, like, and if he noticed any differences. I'm not sure if you know the answer to that question, but it's piqued my interest just thinking about that because you know you said that people around the world had 
had improved dramatically, but it seems like you've improved, really improved. And I wasn't as severe as a lot of people, you know, so it wasn't as severe, but it was definitely there. And the esophageal varices were life-threatening, so I had to get that under control. The doctor actually told me, she said, there's no hospital in this part of the state that will be able to take care of you if your, your varices burst. So you have to be airlifted to a large city and you may not make the flight. Mm. So I decided to move to a large city yeah. to avoid that that chance. Yeah. So did, did, did the varicose veins heal? Have they healed? They, they flattened out, yes. So in order to see them, you have to do an endoscopy. And so they run a, a camera down your throat into your stomach. Oh, and I forgot to mention that when I was diagnosed with uh, esophageal varices and, and uh, the uh, cirrhosis, I was also diagnosed with multiple uh, gastric ulcers. And so those cleared up on their own just from the whole food plant base after three months because they did another endoscopy after three months. And the, ver- the esophageal varices had flattened out some and the ulcers were completely gone. And I, they prescribed me medicine for the ulcers, but I didn't take it because I have a good friend who died of stomach cancer from that very medicine. So when I got the medicine and saw what it was, I threw it in the trash. I'm not taking it. And so I was surprised to see that the ulcers were gone after three months of being on whole food plant base. That's incredible, Otis. That's incredible. So I just want to backtrack a little for people. So I imagine that you didn't just go for your regular yearly checkup and find out that you had a liver cirrhosis and varicose veins. So what was happening? What were the signposts for you? Because there's people who are listening who may have a loved one who's experiencing those signposts along the way to getting significantly ill. What for you were the, were the signposts leading up to your diagnosis? Well, I was getting tired more and more often. I mean, very tired to where I would really need a nap in the afternoon. But the one thing that made me go in is I was having trouble swallowing. I was Food was catching on something in my throat esophagus. It was starting to worry me because I thought I might have cancer or whatever. And I had never heard of esophageal varices. And so when they said, you don't have cancer, I was relieved until I read about what esophageal varices are. Then I wasn't very relieved anymore. You know, so I thought there, there was an obstruction in my throat. And so that's what I went in to have checked. Okay. So how, how do esophageal, esophageal varices form? So your liver processes the blood, all of your blood, and the more scarred it is, the harder it is for the blood to flow through the liver. And the blood backs up in the portal vein, you know, into the esophageal, uh, uh, well, into the esophagus. And when that blood starts backing up, these veins bulge. And if they burst, there's no way to shut them. I mean, you can band them. There, if you get to a hospital fast enough that can deal with it, they can save your life. But um, there, there's not a lot. A lot of people die from it. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, this is so so interesting because I literally I've never heard of this, and then within three episodes, I'm hearing about it two times in three episodes, which is amazing. The beautiful Aaron, who was on the show, Aaron Calder, who shared his story in episode 151. If you missed it. Three weeks ago, for anyone that's listening, but also for you, he did burst and he was vomiting blood for oh, 24 wow. hours, vomiting blood and had to. He's lucky to be alive. He's so lucky to be alive. He's so lucky to be alive. He was so unwell. And then, like, his liver was very, 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 very badly scarred and he was bleeding into his throat. So he is whole food plant based now and he's improving. But he still has a way to go because he really damaged himself. His was mostly through drinking and a high-fat, high-protein diet. Ve- vegetarian, but high-fat high diet and lots, you know, his alcohol consumption was very, very high. So his episode is really moving. And, and I drank a lot as well. So you drank a lot as well? Oh, yeah. And then the, the, the doctor that I'm seeing now that gives the, uh, um, the IVs, he also said a lot of my, I had a bad Diet Coke habit. He's saying Diet Coke damages the liver just as much as beer does. So, you know, I was I was hitting it with two different directions, hitting it during the day with Diet Coke, and then the evenings I'd be drinking beer. So I was damaging it in two different ways. Yeah. So 
Can I ask, I always ask this question and I asked Adam this too. And so he, he was drinking like a lot of vodka. What were you drinking to lead up to this? Beer after work. But for a lot of years, you know, I'm, I'm 60 now. This was about a year and a half ago. So just a lifetime of, of drinking too many beers after work. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that have cirrhosis that is non-alcohol related. So there are a lot of things can damage the liver that uh, the guy across the street from me that in that little town I lived in, I saw him at the doctor's office and he said, she says I have cirrhosis and I've never drank. I don't know what, what's going on. You know, and I moved away from there before I could tell him that there's a way to treat it. And I went back to his house one time. I, I drove through that little town. I stopped at his house to tell him there's a way to treat it, and he had already moved. So I had no way to contact him. That's oh, said. But these doctors are st- still saying, you know, there's no cure. So most of the doctors and medical prof- people you talk to will say, there's no way to treat cirrhosis. Mm. You're, you're crazy. Mm. Well, I think Adam had this, a similar response from his doctors when he's had gone down by half. Like his, his test results came back, I think it was 12 months or two years later. The first year he stayed eating the way he'd been eating, and the second year he'd gone whole, you know, had gone vegan, pretty much whole food, plant based, but with some treats in there. But that 12, 12 months vegan was when he noticed that it started to improve and it went down to basically half the amount, half the number on the test results for that. Fibro testing? Fibro scan. Fibro it's scan. called fibro scan. So, what that is, they take a, a, a machine that thumps you between the ribs and it sends a sound wave or a wave through your liver and it comes back and reads it. The more scarred the liver is, the less um, response you get back into the machine. Okay. And then for treating the esophageal varices, they put you on heavy uh, blood pressure reducers because they want that blood pressure in those veins to be low. And so the whole food plant base lowered my blood pressure down to 112 over 65. So I had to start coming off of blood pressure medicine. Yeah. Many people, they go whole food plant-based and they're on that medication and then they, it gets too low and then they're like, oh, geez. So how was, it, was there an issue with your managing that drop? No, no. I, uh, I'm pretty good at not listening to my doctors, <laughs> so I do what I want. <laughs> so... When you made the transition, because I'm guessing, what was your diet like before you made the transition? What would a typical day of food have been like? I managed a uh, utility construction company. So I was in the, the company truck most of the day. And so it was junk food. It was drive through It was convenience stores. you know. And then I would have something decent at night. But during the day, it was, it was all junk. So, yeah, it was, it was not good at all. I think that it's important to hear stories like yours and many, many people come on the show talking about that they're in trucks all day and eating that drive-through food, that, you know, that junk food, that convenience foods. And because many people will say, I can't make the switch to a whole food plant-based diet because I'm on the road all the time. I'm at truck stops. I'm having lunch at service stations. And it's impossible for me, like, you need time and whole food plant-based is so much time and effort and I just don't, I just need convenience, quick convenience food. But you're living proof and many of the guests on the show are living proof that it can be done. When the, when the, when the, when the shit hits the fan and you're, <laughs> your liver is scarred and you're, you've got esophageal varices, is that how I pronounce it? Esophageal varices. Esophageal varices. We can find a way. Right. And, and that's what motivated How me. How did you find a way? Well, you just start taking your own food. I mean, you, you, you're not going to find, except for a few fruits at a convenience store, you're not going to find anything healthy in there. So you just have to start taking your own food. You have to start taking your lunch. Take your, and you have to set your breakfast up and set your dinner up. But yeah, it's not, it's not easy, but it's doable. But the, here's what I realized going through the whole thing. I had tried to change over to whole food plant-based for several years, I even hired a coach, and he was my running coach, David Clark. I hired uh, David Clark to help me switch over to whole food plant-based. And he he tried, but there was no imminent danger. So there was no life-threatening motivation for me to do it. When it became life-threatening, okay, no, no question. There's only one way to go. But uh, why people can't switch 
before they reach the life-threatening point, I don't know. That's that's the big mystery. It's very, very difficult. I, and you're not the only person. I'm the same. I'm in the same boat, Otis. I was the same. I kept just think I kept trying to go whole food plant-based for four years and doctors would tell me don't worry about it eat whatever you want don't worry about it you already got multiple sclerosis you've already got fibromyalgia you're already you know suffering why make food a nightmare as well eat whatever you like and I'd be like sure I love everything that's junk food I love everything that's in a deep fryer I love everything that's dipped in chocolate uh, and then I one day I woke up and I couldn't feel my legs and I was like, okay, now's the day. <laughs> now's now's the day I'm gonna. <laughs> yeah, for for years I kept thinking I should quit drinking. And then when you wake up after they do the endoscopy and you're putting your clothes back on, uh, this is the day. This is you ha- you have cirrhosis and esophageal varices and ulcers. Um, this would be a good day good day to stop. Yeah, yeah. I, it's I don't have that magical answer. I wish that I did. People could people could hear our stories and say okay, but people tend to hear our stories and go, oh, that's sad for you, but not me. I'm going to be fine, <laughs> and that's hard because I'm looking at them thinking, oh, you're not going to be fine because you keep doing the things that I know make you that I know make people sick. But it's very hard to watch. Here's another thing that happened. So when I got the all clear and said everything was back to normal, what's the first thing that went off in my mind? Oh, I can eat how I want. Oh, I can drink again. Oh, I can do all. And so I gained weight instantly until I finally put the brakes on, you know, a couple of months ago. But my, I had several, I lost several, uh, well, family member and, a, and my running coach lost him. So it, there was a there was some Dave Clark. Now he is he was he on Rich Roll podcast. So he was like a really yes. big deal yeah. in the in the vegan community over there. And I did not know him at all, but I do know in my circle all these people that were touched and moved and posted about his death and his life. And I hadn't even really heard about him before he passed away. Unfortunately, he was an amazing man. He's got two books out. Um, out there, a story, an ultra story of recovery, and um, uh, the other one is called Broken Open. But I was fortunate enough, he rode this last January. His dad was dying of cancer, and he wanted to do uh, a memorial ride, or not a memorial, but an inspirational ride for his dad to hit six hockey cities in on a bicycle, on a fat tire bike. We rode, He rode from Chicago to New York City, and we finished off the ride with the, a game with the Rangers at Madison Square Garden. So I followed him for a 1,000 miles over two mountain ranges in a van, and we got to know each other really well, and then he died a few oh, weeks later. I'm so sorry. But his dad his dad died right after he finished the ride, which was dedicated to his dad. His dad died right after that. Then David had a, a, a operation didn't go well. And uh, he passed away in the operation. So his his service was just uh, a couple weeks ago. We met in Leadville, Colorado, and so he has he started a group, the Leadville Ten, of people like me who were overweight, um, you know, older, or not not necessarily older, but people that had um, addiction issues, people that had challenges, and he got all of these people to run the Leadville um, half marathon or marathon which is you start the race at 10,000 feet and you go up to 13,000 feet and the half marathon is 15.5 miles. And so a lot of us did it. We got off the couch. We started training for several months and we did that race. And a lot of people did the full marathon. And so we had the service there. They had the service for him in Leadville a couple of weeks ago. So he was quite an inspiration. Oh, it's so hard to lose people like that, that get people together that create community that inspire people it's just such a tragedy when we lose people like that that are kind of the the fabric that holds a, you know, a group of people together and inspires them yeah there, there are a couple of people have stepped up and taken over the group but you know it's never going to be the same with without david but they're doing a great job and so we're all still i stepped out of the group for a while but i got back in so started running again um, he encouraged me to enter. He he put on a race in Longmont, Colorado, on September. It's it's called the American Heroes Run, and it honors the um, 
the um, fallen uh, first responders for 9-11, you know, here in the United States when we were attacked. So he's been putting this on every year. And so last year he asked me to enter. There's several races you can do. I picked the 24-hour race. So here I am, 59 years old, running for 24 hours, and I was able to get in 41 miles in 24 hours. And here's this old fat man just going around this one-mile track. So, uh, and they put an ankle bracelet on you so you can't cheat and it ticks off every mile you come around the track. So, you know, so it's, it was. That's incredible. Was that last year? Just last year, last September. And so now his, his partner, uh, Bill Stahl, which is our running coach now, uh, is going to have, he'll, he'll be putting that race on again, Longmont, Colorado, September 12th. Are you going to go in it? I am, but I'm not going to do the 24 hour. I'll do something smaller because I've gotten too far out of shape. Yeah. But I've got a month and a little over a month to get back in shape. So, Are you getting back into it? Yes. I just started running again this Monday. So I got back in the in the group and started running again. So I think that one of the things every single guest talks about on this show pretty much without fail is that need for community. When you're on these journeys and changing your life, and I'm still on my own and you're on yours, it's so easy when, especially like, you know, for you, you say, and I totally res- like understand what you're saying when you when people say, oh, you know, I've got no scarring, I don't, I don't feel bad. Why not eat this chocolate? Why not eat this thing? Why not? I'm feeling great right now. Why not? Um, and I love all those foods, and I still do. But um, then we find ourselves back gaining the weight back and falling back into those holes. But especially especially if we're isolated from those people who inspire us, do you find that too? True for yourself. Oh, ex- ex- exactly. So there, we we share a private Facebook page, and everybody supports everybody. So we're all going through the same type of, of issues. You know, many people in the group have addiction issues. Some have uh, issues with food and health issues. So everybody has a has been through a lot. So there's a vast amount of information there that everybody draws from. Mm. And so yeah, the only way people ask ask me, well, how'd you do it? Well, I try to do it for decades and I couldn't change. I couldn't get back in shape. I used to be a bodybuilder when I was younger. I couldn't do it. What it takes is a coach and a team. You need a coach to push you harder than you're going to go and you need support. So even if it's at the at the gym, at a, a yoga class, you have to have an instructor and you have to have your friends there, you know, fighting the battle with you. So it's always going to take a coach and a team. For support. I couldn't agree more. And I didn't really understand this until I interviewed Josh Lajorni. He really nailed that home to me about that team. Like he really put it in that team framing. And that really helped me to kind of get clearer about what it needs to be. It needs to be these people who are rooting for you, who are have your back, who are saying, I know you've fallen off, get back up. Well, I'm a member of Josh's group too, the Missing Chins, so I'm in the Missing Chins. Josh was at Leadville last year when we ran it, and so, you know, I've seen him a couple times, and so he's very inspirational. I don't know if you've read his books, but he's got a couple. I have. Yeah, so Josh is an amazing guy. He's fantastic. Hi, Josh, if you're ever listening. So with the – I just want to – I've gone – we've gone on a little tangent because I like going on little tangents. But um, with the – so your diet now, how does your diet look now when you're eating whole food plant-based? Now, when you're eating the way – you know, when you're on the wagon, how does it look? Uh, it's mostly greens. This month, to kick this month off, I'm trying to do mostly raw, you know, 90% raw. And so that is I've, – I've got a garden. I'm doing a lot of uh, collard greens, a lot of um, tomatoes, a lot of – cucumbers, a lot of salads, a lot of uh, things like that. And then once I get through the 30 days, it's I'll add back in some of the whole grains and the beans and that sort of thing. But I just I, I need to clean out the system and uh, get back to where I was, start seeing some progress pretty fast, kind of kickstart the thing off. So you, know, you, you kind of, for a while, I'm going to put away the breads, put away the peanut butter, put away the the grains and the potatoes and the and the beans and just stick most of the fruits and vegetables. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And do you have a coach now? Um, is so the the coach that was David's friend, Bill Stock. He is uh, he's taken over the group, and so he is. Um, he so 
they manage us through training peaks. I don't know if you've ever heard it, but um, so he puts our workouts into a format on training peaks, and then we punch in what we do. So he'll say run two hours in heels, and then you punch in how many miles you got. You know, it's it's very effective. He's able to do speed work, uh, distance work, endurance work. So he breaks it up and is able to uh, coach very effectively with that format. Okay, awesome, awesome. So I, I just did. I did want to go back because people who are listening, obviously a whole food plant-based diet is, if you've listened to this podcast for a long time or even a short time, you'll have heard people talking about how they've reversed their chronic illnesses with the help of a whole food plant-based diet. Many of us, that was the pretty much, for me, that was all I added in for a long time. And then I added in exercise and then I added in meditation and, you know, things have kind of grown and adapted and made. I've made a a lifestyle that because because stress was a factor for me so I added in meditation because when I'm stressed I tend to eat mindlessly and overeat and binge eat and all those things and so those kind of things have been helpful to me but a whole food plant-based diet is is 80 percent it's a massive 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 piece of the puzzle when we're looking at preventing and reversing chronic disease if you listen to Dr. Clapper, Dr. Corporal Esselstyn, Dr. Gregor, Michael Gregor, Dr. Joel Kahn, Dr. Joel Furman, Dr. Neil Barnard, you know, all these people say the same spiel, 80% is diet, you know, 20% is exercise, meditation, water, stress relief, sleep, but 80% or 70 to 80% is nutrition. And what I wanted to just talk about, just touch on here, because your episode, your story is a little bit different with the alpha lipoic acid, is that right, pronunciation? Right. Right, it, it's it, it's an antioxidant. It's an anti. That's what I was going to ask you. What is it? <laughs> Before we yeah, it's an antioxidant. Here. So it's an so it's a high dose antioxidant IV treatment. That's what you've been you had. Right, and I've also taken it pill pill form twice a day. Okay, and that was under the watchful eye of your care provider, who was Doctor Berkson. Right, right. And he's the only one in, that you know of that's doing that treatment in your country. Is that right? His his son is is also in his practice, but he mentioned Dr. Berkson mentioned there are there are other p- people and places that are providing the service. Okay, but he didn't tell me who or where. You know, so okay. I don't uh, think people could probably look and find people that are doing it. Okay, so if you're listening, I'll have Dr. Berkson's details in the show notes for you to check out. And if you're not living in that area, perhaps you can just go to his website and go to his contact page and ask if there are any practitioners near you or nearby you, wherever you are in the world, who might also be practicing it so that you can have a look. And also read the book. There's a lot of great information in his book on on the process and what it does. This uh, this same substance treats diabetic neuropathy of the, of the feet. So it opens up the, the blood vessels in the feet. He was able to, he was telling me one story. He, I don't remember all of the details, but he was able to keep a, a, quite a few people from having their toes amputated that had been on the amputation uh, list. And so he was able to save, save feet, save toes. Uh, and so he treats people at, at his office. There's uh, He treats several people at once. And so I was able to meet a lot of people being treated for different things. Um, and so it's very inspiring to hear all of the success stories. Mm, it's, it's really uh, – look, I – Anyone who's listening who's a medical practitioner or who's anyone, I don't, I'm not a medical practitioner, but I am fascinated when I hear people getting success from a treatment, especially a success that reverses their liver cirrhosis, which is, as you, as you say, your doctors kept telling you, irreversible, it's impossible. Uh, it's interesting, I'd be interested to see just if eating, oh, like what, like with Adam, who isn't doing it, if a whole food plant-based diet, because it is more nutrient-dense, it is higher in antioxidants naturally, if similar, that, that he in the long term will get similar results, perhaps at a slower, in a slower time frame, I'm not, I'm not sure, I'm just, I'm really, really fascinated and interested to, to hear about it and to think more about our consumption of antioxidants, because I think a lot of us, it seems to be a word that's just bandied about in advertising slogans and catchphrases. You know, this has got antioxidant rich foods, but and I think it's so overused in that, in that sense that we kind of don't really think about the importance of having those 
antioxidant-rich foods and finding out what they are and how, how, how having antioxidants helps our bodies and what it does in our bodies. And it's really interesting now that you're talking about it to really consider that, you know, flooding your cells with antioxidants, high-dose antioxidants, how it has helped you so much with your liver cirrhosis and with your chronic illnesses. Right. It allows the organs to regenerate. So, and I think one, I may have gone through the process a little quicker than most because of the whole food plant base, just because of the lack of inflammation. You know how much inflammation, you know, meat and dairy cause in the body, and then the damage to the endothelial cells and the plaque buildup and the, the whole nine yards. But with, with the absence of all of that, just going whole food plant based, you know, long before I was able to find the doctor in and get on the antioxidant. I was starting to feel better. I was starting to have more energy. I was starting to, you know, lose weight, clear ahead. Um, you know, with, with cirrhosis of the liver, you can have, um, um, uh, I forget the, 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 the term for it, but the liver doesn't clean out all of the ammonia in the blood. And you get foggy, foggy-headed, you get uh, absent-minded, you get slow, you know. So, And I was starting to get that as well. So I think the whole food plant-based helped deal with a lot of those issues that people are still dealing with uh, if they're not on the right foods. Yeah, and like I, as you say, so many people that is like what the fogginess and the energy that that brain fog and that low energy. Every guest on the show, it's night and day compared before and after whole food plant based diet. Most of us talk about how we were living in this fog, this daze, walking around in this haze, and exhausted and it's really really amazing when you start to not have that brain fog and to not have that exhaustion that you suddenly you can't believe that you felt that way and that in itself is a deterrent to going back that way because you you notice when you eat those foods again that you're like oh gosh right i can't think properly i feel sluggish i feel tired and you look at your friends who don't eat whole food plant based and they're always talking about how they're tired and exhausted and how hard life is and you can't explain it to them until they try it themselves because no one can believe that you can feel so starkly different you know the contrast is so different right right and my arthritis went away so i was diagnosed with um arthritis degenerative arthritis of the spine over 20 years ago and so then i've had arthritis in all the major joints but when you don't eat inflammatory foods that starts to go away and you you can move again you can bend over and tie your shoes and you don't mind you know you go from the couch to running over mountaintops Ten thousand. i've in Albuquerque, where I live now, I live at 5,000 feet. We have a mountain that's 10,000 feet right outside of town. And so, you know, for that whole last year, it was nothing just to go run it, just to, to run up and down. It's just amazing. You find yourself at 59 years old thinking, oh, I thought I was going to start slowing down. It's no, you're starting to speed up. You know, I read a story recently about a woman that's 79 years old that's uh, vegan and she runs 100 mile races still. I think that was on the Forks Over Nine's website. <gasps> I forget her on the show, Otis. I love stories like that. I my my mum, people are I you know I not just mum. Hi, mum. I'm not just bagging you out, but <laughs> bless her. But they're always telling me, oh, you know, it's just aging. You'll 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 feel it too. And I do get, I still do, I do get aches and pains, but mine are only because I over exercise. Mostly, I'm over exercising. I get stiff from the over exercise. You know how you get a bit, a little bit sore when you wake up after a long run or trying to get your personal best <laughs> but not being like I'm 40 years old now and 40 compared to 30 compared to 20 every decade since since I turned 20 I feel more energized and better right same here same here unless I'm unless I'm not eating right you know you're having a cheeseburger and, and french fries your days my day's shot I'm not going to do anything the rest of the day. So it's very, it's night and day. Once you go all the way and feel how good you can feel, then you eat one bad thing, it's night and day. You know, and I have friends that I wanted to throw out too. I, I was boasting. Oh, I don't know if I was boasting, but I wanted everybody else to know how wonderful this, this lifestyle was. So I would post it on Facebook all the time. And there's a lot of negative reaction. 
what do you mean that we can take control of our health? We can't take control of our health. You know, people don't want to be responsible for the way they feel. No, I'm this, I have this disease. I have this, I have this. Well, do you think about maybe if you ate better, those things might help improve a little bit? And so people were getting very defensive. So I, you know, I kind of backed off on trying to uh, save the world. It's really hard. Otis, I have the same issue. I think it's just we have to just lead by example and not not push too much. Otherwise, you get a bit of pushback sometimes, often. So I've, I've done the same thing. I just, just little bits here and there. I just post <laughs> little bits here and there. And people can come to it their, their own way if they, if they want to. I have friends and family who, who run cattle and have ranches and farms, and, and they just don't want to hear anything about it. They just, it's, it's crazy. And then I come from uh, long line of hunters. My family's always hunted, you know. What do you mean you're not eating meat? Humans have eaten meat for thousands of years. Well, they didn't eat meat three times a day, seven days a week. There was a lot of starving to death going on in the middle of that, and a lot of eating uh, limbs and, and bark and, and grass in the middle of they didn't have cheeseburgers three times a day seven days a week I guarantee you and they didn't have the meat that's in our supermarkets today they had pure you know, meat that's not adulterated with chemicals or hormones and steroids. yeah they had wild game not they had wild game hormone antibiotic filled ugh yeah so <laughs> now they they, meat. they feed feed cows with um, grain and it causes bacteria in the body so they got to pump the cow full of uh, antibiotics you know it's just it's it's not healthy food no it's not a healthy food so i was going to ask about struggles in the beginning making the transition and you just covered one social struggles i think are probably that one of the hardest struggles that there is with this way of eating because you do rapidly notice that a lot of socializing goes with hand in hand with eating out together or eating at people's homes or having people over to eat, and it becomes a bit tricky. How was that for you? Yeah, that I can tell you one story. So I came home one time. My mom took about I don't know six months to be able to understand what whole food plant based was, and I went home to eat one time. She had a little bit of lettuce, she had a tomato, and she had a can of beans. She said, "I didn't know what to get you." You know, <laughs> she, she was funny. But, uh, oh. but that's one of the people I lost recently. So I lost her like four weeks ago. Oh, so, Otis, I'm so sorry. Yeah. But she still had that can of beans in the in the cupboard from when she was trying to make sure she had everything I needed. Oh, so bless potato her. salad, a little bit of potato salad. Bless her. Oh, it's I, I can't even imagine. My I still have my mum, and I can't imagine what it's like to to lose. I'm not looking forward to it. No, no, it's uh, definitely uh, life-changing. Absolutely. I'm sending you a big hug because it's just so hard. Thank you. So last thing I wanted to ask you, well, there's two last things. One is how is your life now, do you think, after all of this and knowing all of this and coming coming this far? So a huge difference. It's, it's basically I woke up. It's I don't know how to to describe it. I see people and the way I was, and it's, you go to work and you have this. I have to go to work. I have to do this. 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 You're not alive. You're not living. You're not living. You're not getting up and going. Thank God, I'm gonna go do something great today. You when you go through a life threatening situation and you change your life and you get your health back. You become alive. You become a life force. And you start, you, you look at things to do. You want to go do everything you can. You want to skydive. You want to you want to start experiencing everything you possibly can. You're alive again. You're not asleep. You're not the asleep person you used to be. You're not the drone or the droid. Go to work, do this, do this, come home, be tired, pay the bills, pet the dog, go to bed, get up, go to work, go home. You find things to do and you find things to change your life and ways to change your life to make it exciting. And you you put in the extra effort. You have the energy to put in the extra effort to go do those things. And that makes all the difference in the world. Once you've woken up and you see what it feels like to be healthy and be attacking life, there's no going back. You can't close that door. So when you start feeling bad from, from not doing the things you know you need to do, 
you know you got to turn it around quick because you don't want to be that person that you used to be. Once you've woken up, it's you got to live life. You know, you find excitement and adventure everywhere you go. And if you're not finding it, there is no boredom. There is no, I don't know what I'm going to do today. Oh, no, there's no none of that. There's always something exciting to be done around the corner. You know, so that that's the before and after. Otis, that's made my day. I loved that. That was amazing. I feel motivated. And I, I already felt motivated, but now I feel extra motivated. I'm going to kick my kids out the door and we're going to go for a big hike after hanging up from this conversation. I'm motivated. They're going to say, oh, no, mum, not it. They said to me this morning, can we have a day off? And I said, a day off from exercise and being outside in a pandemic? No, we can't have a day off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's all we have to do is walk. <laughs> so let's go. Yeah. Take a net, catch butterflies. There's always something you can do. Um, you know, do s'mores on the, build a fire tonight in the backyard. Do your s'mores, do your, you're sitting on the couch and doing the same thing over and over and over. Life is not a series of living the same year 80 times in a row. It's a new adventure every day you wake up. It's not doing the same year. Okay, we did that last year. We'll do it again this year. So we vacationed that place last year. We're going to go back this year. No, the world is a playground. You know, it's 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 not a it's not a daycare. It's a playground. Absolutely. So, Otis, what would be your three biggest tips for anyone who is at the beginning of their journey? What would be your three biggest pieces of advice for whole food plant based? Well, yeah, yeah, it can be it can be for life, but it can whole food plant based. I own. Everyone, everyone who's a long-term listener will say, Corinne, it's always about trans- transitioning to a whole food plant-based diet. But I'm mixing it up because people have great advice. Let's take that, let's just say three biggest tips for changing your life for the better. For number one is three words: eat real food. So we eat factory food so often that it's killing us. You know, when you go into the grocery store, buy real food. Go look at a loaf of bread. It's not real food. It's 28 ingredients. Go look at a Subway. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if you have Subway sandwich. Yeah, shops. we do. Okay. A Subway sandwich breast has X amount of ingredients. A church's chicken breast has X amount of ingredients. Those aren't real food. Chicken should be one ingredient. Chicken. You know, so eat real food. Eat food, uh, you know, that comes out of a field, not a factory. So that's the first thing. Do most of your shopping in the produce section and leave all that other junk on the shelf. There's no need for it. And it's hard to, there's a learning curve. You can't just walk into a produce section after eating the way I did for a lifetime and say, Oh, this is going to be fun. <laughs> you have to learn how to, you have to learn how to cook and combine and, and, and make things that you're going to be comfortable with. And I don't think you can do it overnight. I wasn't one person that can do it overnight. Me either. The second piece of advice would be make small changes. So eat real food, make small changes. For your lunch tomorrow, throw a few carrot sticks on there. You're adding something in, you know. If you're trying to get off meat, or if you're trying to transition off of meat, instead of making your meal based around a piece of meat and some vegetables on the side, make your meal around the vegetables with a piece of meat on the side or use meat for a flavoring. You start decreasing its use in your kitchen. You know, start learning about the other uh, ways to use the plants, the vegetables, uh, legumes, uh, nuts, seeds, that sort of thing, the whole, whole grains. Number three? Number three, you got to move. You have to move. N- nobody can be healthy that sits down most of the day. It doesn't have to be, you know, and people have to move within their, uh, I know everybody has different restrictions and, and whatnot, somebody in a wheelchair. It's going to be different from somebody that has arthritis or has uh, a torn whatever. But you got to move. You, you can't be still. Humans are made to move. And uh, we need challenges. So, you know, pick something. There is one, I don't know if you've heard of Zig Ziglar. He's a motivational. I, I just have listened to like three of his audio books in the last two weeks. I had heard of him and he was on my list of people to read and I literally, pandemic time, I was like, all right, Zig, time for you. He's great. Yeah, we lived in, we lived in Dallas. My wife works next to his office. So I would see his sign out there. But I, I read, 
and listened to almost everything I could get my hands on. But when he said, he talks about losing 40 pounds one time. So he would leave his house, walk to his neighbor's mailbox and walk back. The next day he would walk to the mailbox past his neighbor and walk back. And the third day he'd walk to the third mailbox down and walk. And eventually he was going around the block and every day he would increase it a little bit. And he lost 40 pounds doing that, you know, just whatever you're doing, increase it a little bit. Yes. I love Zeke. Is he still alive? I think he passed several years ago. Yeah. I, I, I'm sad that I only just found, well, I only just started reading his books after a many, many years of having it on my to-do list, but it's been really inspiring. I really, I really enjoyed it. He has a very unique perspective and uh, it's uplifting. It is. Thank you so much, Otis, for coming on the show. It was just really great speaking to you. Thank you. Are you in a, are you are you in lockdown over there, or you're out and about? What's happening over there? We we are you, we can't go in the restaurants. You know, you can go get food. Uh, you can have food delivered, or you can go pick it up. You can't go in the restaurants. But yeah, full mask, full social distancing. Uh, businesses are operating at fifty percent, twenty five to fifty percent. The governor changes it every other week. You never know what it's going to be. Same. So. Yeah. Sounds very similar. So I hadn't mentioned it this episode, but I felt like we should just touch on it because it's still around, even though I don't know what will come in you know, three weeks or four weeks' time when your episode comes out, but I imagine it'll be much much of the same for a little while longer yet. Well, see, what gets me is nobody's talking about improving people's immune no. Why is that? That's what bothers me the most. No one's talking about the elephant in the room. Why can't we... Boost our immune systems with natural whole food plant-based eating. Money to be made from it. Nobody's going to get rich off of people doing the right thing, the healthy thing. So that's why they're not talking about it. It's really, really dis- dis- disheartening to hear that. I have, but we, we just have to do the work, Otis. We'll do the work, spreading the message. Yeah. The, um, boosting the immune system is, does a lot. In my mind, I'm no doctor, but in my mind, boosting the immune system is a lot more advantageous than all of these precautions we're taking. I, don't yeah, I think so too. I think so too. Obviously, I'm happy to protect the people who are vulnerable. And I'm, I'm not saying that I'm not. Who knows? I don't, I don't really, I don't, I'm not an expert on this virus at all. But I do know, like you know, when you've been significantly unwell and, and in unwell in a way that people have said is irreversible and you're hopeless and done for that a whole food plant-based diet is pretty incredible. And it has shown to, in this show to be so incredible in so many different diseases. Why wouldn't you add that to your tool belt when you're in a pandemic? Especially if you're immune compromised. And just just look at sugar. You can This is easy to find on the internet. Eating sugar lowers the immune system for several hours. Why would you be eating sugar when there's a nasty virus out like when we have? People, nobody knows that. Nobody's told that. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, it's very similar for what my doctor, and I'm not sure about your doctor, this meant this mindset that people are already struggling and scared. Let's not take away their things that get them through, like sugar and alcohol and junk food and processed foods. They're all at home. Let them eat these foods that make them feel better and give them that internal hug that I'm certain that you'll relate to when I say that Food for me as a food addict has always been that that friend in those dark times, <laughs> you know, that, yeah. that friend. And we're all in this really dark time. And so lots of people are going back to their friends, their, their, their security blankets, the food and the alcohol and the smoking and all the things, drugs that we have formed unhealthy reliances on over our lifetimes. And now's not the time to go back to those guys because they're only going to make our response to contracting COVID-19 worse if we're putting substances into our body that decrease our immune function. And yeah, we have to, we have to find tools to make us stronger in those times when we rely on food. Yeah. Anyway, that's a long conversation, but, but it was so nice of you to raise it anyway. Thank you so much, Otis, for coming on the show. Thank you. So one of the last things that David, I was writing with David Clark, one of the last things I learned from him, I asked him, so how do you people make these changes permanent in their life? He said, you have to build a life that's so magnificent, you would never do anything. You would never make a decision that harmed that magnificent life. So you have to start building your life into such a magnificent piece 
that you would never make a decision that would take that life away from you. I love that. It's a great end to that. Thank you, David. Thank you, Otis, for coming on the show and sharing your story. I am looking forward to seeing how just how magnificent your life is going to become because you're only at the beginning and it's going to get better and better. Right. Thank you so much for, for having me. I really appreciate it. It was wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much, Otis, for coming on the show. Thank you all so much for listening. I'm glad to be back. Thanks for your patience again. Please share Otis's story, you know, with your Zoom sessions with your family and friends online. Please share his story with your family members around the the dining table. Please share his story because it's just an incredible story. And again, ad, welcome to the ad please give me a call, (laughs) message me. My website's currently down. I will have it up as soon as possible just because I'm just editing it. But message me on Facebook or wherever that you've listened. Message me at the end in the comment section of this episode. I would love to work with you if you'd like some support with anxiety, with weight loss, with motivation, with communication, with anger, with sadness, with any area of your life that you feel a bit stuck. I would love to help you. There's so much I'd love to talk to you about about this subject because it's I could talk about it all day. But give me a message and we'll have a chat for free and see what we can do together. Otherwise, I'll see you all next week. Take care of yourself. Talk to people. Hug yourself, your pets, your family members. Know that I'm thinking of you and see you all soon. Thanks for listening. Bags are packed. Are you ready to go? This time tomorrow we'll be on the road Riding with you in the sunnier 